for a long period of time, say eight, 10 years after I got independent, I got into my professional journey, my education got completed. That was the time when it happened that I focused all my energies. I spent all my energies into working through the mind. And I, I didn't work on my mind. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment I created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guests, Jatender Guitar. Jatender, are you ready to join the mission? Absolutely, Andrew. I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you with us and learn more about you and, and hear your story. So let me introduce you to the audience. Jatender is a best-selling author, a TEDx speaker, an entrepreneur, op-ed writer at the Times of India, mentor, and NLP professional. He is best known for his articles on mind and body, human behavior, and cricket, and for his thought-provoking book, Think Epic, which became a number one international bestseller in just a few months and got success in various countries. His contributions to multiple disciplines broadly address the narratives of human behavior. He has got a massive following on LinkedIn and is an ardent reader and sports fanatic. Detender, tell us a little bit more about the value you bring to this wonderful world. So the intro, and on professional front, I'm a construction professional and I co-founded people of uh, consultancy businesses which serve international market. On the another front, which... Uh, you just talked about in the intro is I'm, I'm passionate about human psychology, behavioral sciences, and that is where I keep learning and keep sharing the stuff through my writings on Times of India, through book and through LinkedIn or various platforms I, I get access to. And I'm into public speaking too and have been talking at TEDx platforms and at various colleges. And I love interacting with the students. But the reason I, I keep sharing is not because I'm an expert into any particular field. One thing is sure that I've, I've made more mistakes than anybody else would have had. So that's where I've, I've more to share. And the second reason I, I keep sharing on these platforms is, is what I've learned over the years that sharing is the best way to expedite the learning. And to make your learning far more deeper, make your learning reciprocal. So these are the reasons wherein, you know, which, which helps me motivate in, into learning and sharing. Yeah, it's, it's the funny thing about speaking, you know, in public. It takes a lot of, it takes preparation and then you go out there and you share your message and hopefully you touch an audience and you touch an audience member with your message. But every time that we speak, the things that we've learned we refine the way we communicate what it is that we learn. And I just love that. I, I just recently watched uh, 
the Netflix documentary on Elon Musk and they were showing these rockets crashing and, you know, not being able to land them back. And, and they, the management team said, we need to launch more rockets. And I thought, exactly. We need to keep iterating through something. And the more we iterate through, and if we're trying to improve ourselves, we end up at the end of it with, you know, a very clear message. And I thought maybe that, that would be a, a good way for us just to spend a couple minutes about, you know, you've seen a lot when it comes to human behavior, when it comes to, you know, so many things related to that think you know, Epic and all the work that you've done, maybe you could uh, give us some ideas about, you know, one or two things that you've learned that we, the listeners, myself and my fellow risk takers who are out there, you know, what would be a little lesson of some advice that you'd give us or something that you've learned that we could apply in our life? To start with, I would say one thing, the way you introduce yourself that you're the worst podcast host. So this is going to be a perfect combination because I'm going to be your worst guest so far, <laughs> whosoever you have been introducing, because of a simple reason, I'm, because I'm not trying to be modest. And when I say, I, I, I genuinely think that, that I have made a lot many mistakes, which makes me the, the worst guest and probably the, you know, the best combo on your platform. And the, the learning, which the, the question you asked to answer that, the biggest thing I've learned is that learning is, in a cliche statement, people say that learning is a lifelong process. But the problem is, people don't know how to learn, what is real learning. And I didn't know that too, a few years back. So we, we have a lot of cliche statements. We speak a lot about learning. We hear a lot about learning, but very few people actually, actually, you know, realize, not just know what the real learning is. So that, that's what during this journey or whatever it has been other than I, I learned in my professional journey too. I cannot just say that, that that's only my, uh, you know, mode of earning the living. I have been learning there, but after I got into this human psychology sphere, I, I learned quite a lot. I learned quite a lot about learning and I'm pretty sure that it is not just a lifelong process. It goes beyond that because the more you learn, the more you get to know, you don't know anything. If learning does not make you humble, it does not make you realize that every day you learn something and it should make you realize that, you know, the journey is humongous and there is no way you can complete it. And it should show you how insignificant you are in terms of overall scheme of things, then you're probably on the right track. Mm. It's interesting because, I mean, I've worked, I studied finance and I've worked in finance for 30 years. I studied my CFA to become a chartered financial analyst. And I've taught finance for 30 years while I've been working. And I did a PhD in finance. And I've got all of these books behind me that I've read and so many others. And I still feel hungry to learn. I still find stuff and think, oh, that's a great idea. You know, I even recently, since I'm always reading, I started a little book club and I call it the best business book clubs. And I just identified the 12 best business books of all time. And I did it by being an analyst. I analyzed, I scraped the data off of Amazon and Goodreads and analyzed it until I could come up with what I thought were the best 12 
And so we're reading them and discussing them. We, we meet once a week and it's the challenge is how do we implement what we learn? You know, right now we've been reading the checklist manifesto, which is such a great book talking about implementing checklists in our life and how, you know, airline pilots have checklists, but the challenge of implementing what we learn, you know, when you were thinking, when you were just talking about how we learn, because it's one thing to kind of explore a topic and find lots of interesting, fun things, but then how do you put it to work in your life? That's what I find the challenge now at, at my experience. So I think it's time for you to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. As I, as I said in the beginning that I've made a lot of mistakes and I can call those mistakes as wrong investments. So it is a little difficult for me to find out and share one story. But if I have to share just one mistake or one wrong investment, then I would say that not working on my mind for a long period of time, say eight, 10 years, after I got independent, I got into my professional journey, my education got completed. That was the time when it happened that I focused all my energies. I spent all my energies into working through the mind. And I, I didn't work on my mind. I was unaware of this concept. Usually the first mistakes or the bad mistakes people have. It's either the investment of money gone wrong or the time gone wrong. In this case, this is time and money both because the compounded value of time and the learnings and the clarity I would have got. That makes the difference. So the first part is when you lose money, you make a wrong investment and you end up losing money. There are some stats which can open your eyes. You can see things are going wrong. You are not getting the ROI and things like that. But the problem is when you invest time wrongly, when you not work on yourself, you don't improve, then you are kind of in a state of blind spot or a kind of ignorance or illusion, you may say, that you are not even aware about. And I got to know, when, you know, all generally people get to know about it, not casually, when something shakes them up. Or they, they luckily they come across something which makes them realize that what all they have been doing or they have been thinking was not appropriate. Can you think about when was the time, a specific day or a specific time when you realized the way you were doing it was kind of a dead end and you realized I have to start learning and I have to start improving myself? Like, did you ever come up against a challenge that you just thought, this is the wake-up call. Usually, you know, if the term I use for it, that, that we all are conditioned. And as, I, as I'm sharing my story, I realized it few years back from now that for all I have been doing, as I said, I was putting all my energies in working through the mind. So I was getting results. In my professional journey, I was making money. I was doing good. The kind of background I come from, it is very, very humble. And to reach to that level at that point of time was encouraging, no doubts about it. And since you are getting the results, you don't think about anything going wrong internally. It is only when something goes wrong 
and you reflect, you get to know that what all you have been doing, you need to put a question mark onto that. So I can tell you in detail that in my situation and in everybody's situation, we all are conditioned in our environment. When we are kids, we get the upbringing by our parents and our family and relatives. And there is a structure education system for us to teach and feed answers into our brain in a formal education. When you go to college, that happens at a little wider spectrum, but it is absolutely same. So they will kind of give you all the answers. The patterns are already formed in your brain. And then you come out and you feel that you are now into independent life. You can make your own decisions. People won't decide things for you. That's when that illusion gets into picture. And most of us, I would say, and for sure, I speak to a lot of people in other countries too. So it's not, what I'm saying is not a cultural, this thing that it happens in India and not other places. Underlying reality is we all human believe the same. So we are conditioned into seeing everything in a particular manner. We are conditioned to solve any problem, forget solving, seeing a particular problem from a particular perspective. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to, we don't want to even think about. And if somebody says something else, they don't want to talk to that person. And that's where, you know, getting along with the like-minded people gets into picture. You understand? If you're not, if you don't think like me, you can't be my friend. You understand? We attract similar and like-minded people. That's where that condition comes into picture. And the beauty is that your ego gets hurt when you see something else, when you are spoken something else. So that's what conditioning does to you. And I was into same illusion. And if if you are not getting the success, you might think about what I'm doing is right or not. Why others are getting success. But the problem is when you're getting the success too, you're doing a lot of hard work. There is nothing which can make you think that you are doing anything wrong or you could have done it differently. And the worst part is that you are thinking that what all is happening, what all decisions you are making, what all opinions you have are yours that is the biggest lie Mm. because you are programmed to think in a particular way unknowingly subconsciously nobody did it directly to you you know parents try and give best of the upbringing best of the value system so the school depending upon which school you went into but overall structure is same situation when i when i realized that and I started working on the mind. I can't tell you exact date, but it happened a few years back. I would say five, six years. Tentatively. And that's when I started working on that. And the more I read, the more I tried to open my mind, I saw something which is very, very scary. Mm. And then, then one can get to know that what all you have been doing, you were just working like a programmed robot and not like a human being. Mm. So uh, that's, that's, you know, I call my biggest mistake because the way I can see things now, I would definitely say I, I haven't figured it out. I've not got the nirvana. I've got the ultimate truth. But all I can say is that I'm out of that illusion, which to the listener, I would say, is not a very pleasant experience. It's not something you would like. At times, living that illusion for your entire life it keeps you in a comfortable space. And that's where comfort zone gets into picture. That's why people 
love that. They don't want to leave their comfort zone because the moment you are out of it, you are nowhere. If you think what all you have been doing and you have been getting success, it wasn't you. What would you, you know, you think about yourself? We have a saying in Thai language, I'm going to botch it, but it's something like Gop Naikala. And basically what it means is it's like a frog under a coconut. And when you lift up the coconut, they just want the coconut put back down and they're living in that, yeah. that world. So how would, you, how would you describe the lessons that you learned from this experience? The lessons are many, but in order to highlight you, as I said, that you realize that you're living a mechanical life wherein any situation you face two times, three times, four times, ten times, your response is going to be same. And that's where people get comfortable and that's where people see you as a predictable person because they know this is how you are going to behave. This is how relationships get established because people find you that you will predict, they can predict your behavior and you can predict others' behavior and you find comfort somewhere in between and things keep flowing. But it is absolutely mechanical way of living life. So definitely, I won't say it is a close-minded approach. I would say your mind is not even working. So this is the biggest lesson wherein I could see that everything is happening in a very, very mechanical way. There is no way you can create something out of it. And I, I go, the second lesson I would share is that with whatever knowledge you have, then when I say that our mind is fed with a lot of information, it means you have a lot of knowledge. And with knowledge, all you have, the knowledge is about what all has been created. But in order to create something new, in order to see things in a fresh perspective, you need to leave that knowledge and that memory aside and see it either through what it is in that current situation or through imagination. Mm. Whenever knowledge dominates your sphere of mind, you can't imagine it. You can definitely recreate, repeat things with knowledge, but you cannot, cannot see things afresh and cannot create anything new with that knowledge, mm. with that memory you have. So if I can see the current situation as it is, then there is a very little possibility of something magical happening out there. Right. If I leave my beliefs, my past opinions aside, in today's polarized world, you know, a lot of, when I say conditioning by the family and school, that kind of keeps you safe. And once you know, you have, your feet are on ground. After that, you can learn something new. This is my message to youngsters too, that they can learn it at an earlier stage in their career, and then they can literally fly. But the initial conditioning is to keep you safe. It keeps you that safe that you spend entire your life in that safest zone. So those beliefs, those opinions, and if that was not enough, today's world of marketing, the world of politics, the world of social media, it keeps you as it is. It identifies you who you are and it feeds you that information so that you are always that. Mm. So it further complicates things. There is no way you can challenge your beliefs. There is no way you can challenge your opinion. And that's why you, know, you say anything contradictory to any person and you, you say anything about their beliefs. Even if it is political belief, you know, religious beliefs are very, very sensitive thing to talk about. They are hurt. You say anything about any opinion of theirs and they protect it like their identity. 
and that that's where the problem is and the third lesson is about identity only when you are so to those beliefs and opinions those are kind of become your identity and we as human beings are very very dangerous species when it is about protecting our identity or hurting anybody else's identity mm. for mm. thousands of years now you know people have been killing each other just because of their identity because they got identified with a particular thought book opinion or belief so that's a scary thing so mm. currently if you talk about any individual it's about getting that freedom just just seeing that what i know what all i have been taught in last 20 years is just somebody else's standpoint if i see things from another standpoint things would be absolutely different and i'm i'm neither this nor that mm. there's are no standpoint no? i have the you know luxury to see things from a 360 degree perspective and still not get attached to anything so maybe i'll share a couple thoughts of what i took away from your discussion and i took some notes i was just writing down you know saying okay we're programmed to think in a certain way and then i wrote down we start safe like it makes sense that our parents and society teaches us the safe things to do you need to be taught in a certain way or else you're going to be seriously hurt as a child but there's this point where you have an opportunity to start thinking freely and i just also wrote down you know you start safe but then you have this opportunity to be free but freedom is not free like you have to work to open your okay. mind and then the last thing i wrote is i remember i was in hong kong and i was asked to speak at a career event and afterwards a lot of young students came to me and asked me questions and one of them said I'm studying accounting but I want to work in finance but I heard that it's difficult you know to make that transition. I said you heard from who? Well, I just heard. Okay. So you're basing your thought on something you just heard, not even necessarily knowing where it came from. So I wrote down who said it and what proof do they have? And I teach a lot in my valuation masterclass about what it means to be a financial analyst and that means you trust no one, you trust nothing. You ask what's the evidence, who's saying it, what's the bias, and then you try to assess it. So I was thinking that if you really want to break free, you really have to you have to be maybe I don't know if the right word is structured, but you have to defend your mind, you know, and not just let anything come in your mind. I got rid of TV because I just didn't like what it was putting in my head. So, those are some of the things I took away. Anything you would add to that? Did you mention TV? The last bit you said. For years I'm into that habit of not watching news at all. As you said, the world of media, social media. When you say media, it's about the electronic news platforms. they have their own object they have their own reason and objective to earn their own bread and butter and they're not thinking about you so you need to think about yourself and i've been into this for years now that i don't follow news and i believe in this that whatever news which is worth reaching me it foot mm. by my friends my family by my colleagues or any other platform if it does not reach me and i'm still alive and doing fine it wasn't worthy enough to reach me 
So and it saves me a lot of time. Yeah, definitely. I like it. Um, and energy. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I like it. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? I have to mention just one thing. It would be the questioning and being curious. Once, I don't know how one would get to know that whatever they think about themselves, their decisions, their opinions and beliefs, they are conditions. I don't know how would one get to know. Though there is a lot of information about it. If they can reflect and see clearly, they would get to know their, their condition. Mm. Or they are not, whatever they are doing, they are living a suboptimal life. And if they, if they want to maximize it, even if they don't like to feel that they are conditioned, and they still feel that all they are doing is a result of their conscious efforts and conscious thought, I'm absolutely fine with that. But the action everybody needs to take is the question. You need to be fearless. If you are not actually fearless, you need to fake it. In a safe environment, you need to start questioning your strong beliefs. Mm. You need to put a question mark on that. You need to put a question mark on whatever you get on your WhatsApp as an information. You need to put a question mark on whatever news feed shows in your social media. And you need to think about it, collect the contrary information or whatever source you believe, but it need to start with questioning. Questioning is the beginning of intelligence. When, see, when you start questioning, to start with, it is very, very scary situation to be in. I'm repeating it for the sake of it. But the moment you get into it, you read more, you study more, then that situation comes and you need to be patient in the process to understand the concept. Because if you question anything, you need to be patient and you need to be studying things, understanding things deeply. Because at a superficial level, if you are intellectually lazy, then you are in a best space already. <laughs> because whatever is there at the surface is very, very superficial information. That's not going to help you. So you can listen to people who you think are sorted enough to help you out. Today, world is, you know, doing amazing in terms of information. It's just that when you are finding anything, don't rely upon the algorithm and the first available information on Google or any other platform because that is for their own benefit. You need to be smart enough that whom you should be following in order to find the information, whatever topic you're searching for. And if you continue questioning and understand any subject deeply, that's where you will get to, you know, see some amount of clarity. But don't just stay there. The journey, put a question mark on your understanding too. Don't just start believing that I, I knew this was black and now I think it is great and I've got everything. Put a question mark on that too. Imagine how a scientist would think. A scientist has done multiple discovery on a particular thing, but when they go ahead and do one more experiment, they put a question mark on everything they got up till that moment. Because if they don't put a question mark, they would get the same answer they got in the previous instance. So any new discovery cannot be made until you put a question mark on what all you know about a particular subject. So you need to completely think like a scientist. Put a question mark, be in absolutely, you know, zero space, I would call. And then what you see could be magic. Could be very, very simple fact about anything. 
But the problem is with these complex brains, they don't want to see and accept anything which is very, very simple. At times, the solution of the problems are so simple that our ego cannot accept that. And we keep chasing for things. We keep chasing for people who say something which is very, very complex, either in terms of content or in terms of language or vocabulary they use. And we get impressed. But at the end of the day, we don't get any. Mm. And you need to ask the right questions. Just one example. That instead of asking, how can I control my anger? The right question should be, what is anger? And if you study anger, if you understand anger, maybe you land in a situation, maybe, that you don't even need to feel your and control your anger. People generally ask me a lot of sessions, how can I control my mind? If you know what is mind, how does it work? You probably don't need to control your mind at all. Mm. So it's about asking the right questions, being patient, being courageous, and again, don't do Get your ego swelled when you get any answer because that's not the ultimate answer. You need to put a question mark, and, and this is an that's why I said it's a ongoing journey. It's, it's beautiful if you get into that. And your ego, when you are into that zone and something changes internally, your conditioning, the words which come out of your mouth automatically are different. Mm. You will not believe what you are saying. Because internally, your patterns are breaking and new neurons and new patterns are being formed internally. Mm. So that reminded me of something that someone said to me many years ago, which was anger is not a feeling. And I couldn't understand that at first, but I realized that oftentimes anger is a defense. It's a response to a feeling of fear or insecurity. Last question. What is your number one goal for the next 12 months? Actually, I don't have any, any goal as such because I'm enjoying this journey. I definitely want to keep learning, keep sharing, keep putting question marks on things, you know, I'm already attached to. Though I'm lot, left so many of those put a question mark, but I want to continue this. I want to continue to share and sharing is the biggest reason for me to expedite the learning process. That's where my goal is. Great. Listeners. There you have it, another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude, Jatender, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of A. Stotts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Just one thing, you started with being hungry about learning. So that is the best thing one can do is stay hungry, stay foolish, because that's where when somebody says something against your opinion, you are not getting hurt. Mm. One need to believe that I am foolish too. If somebody says I'm fool, that's ego. If somebody says I'm the best person, that is ego too. But not many people know that if I say that I'm a failure or I'm a fool, that is also coming from a place of ego. But if I say that I'm foolish too, I'm intelligent generally, but I'm foolish too. I do certain things like that. That's where it gives you a lot of freedom from what all people are saying about you. Fantastic. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. Today, we expanded our mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.